If you're registered to vote in Multnomah County, you've probably got a ballot sitting in your mailbox. And no judgment if you're just like, wait, what am I voting for right now? This is an off-cycle election, but there are still a few big issues on the ballot, and at least one that has turned into a real head-scratcher. Today on CityCast Portland, we've got Willamette Week's Sophie Peel here with us to break down the big-ish races. It's Wednesday, May 10th. I'm John Notariani, in for Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Sophie, thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me. So one of the races on this ballot took a very unexpected turn in the last week or so. Uh, Candidate Derek Peterson, he had been in the race for Portland Public School Board, then he dropped out, then he might have undropped out and be back? What What's going on here? Well, no one really knows. Um, so <laughs> last, last week, Derek Peterson, like you said, said that if he were elected to the school board, he would resign immediately over his uh, ties. And it's still a little unclear just how tied he is to this church, but over his ties to a Christian nationalist uh, church. And so, you know, he had put out a big resignation statement. He had basically wiped his campaign website and put up this statement saying it's taking a toll on my family, the media scrutiny. You know, I think it's the best thing for me to do to basically resign from this race. But then over the weekend, I I had received information from a current school board member who had said, hey, look at this text Derek Peterson sent me on Friday night that said, if elected, I will serve out my term. So, you know, over the next 24 hours, I, I texted Derek Peterson, we we called him, we emailed him, I we, we did everything we could to get in touch with him. Um, and he just never got back to us. And I think the Oregonian this week had the same issue as us, is no one's really heard from Derek Peterson. But we mm-hmm. know he sent that text to a current school board member saying he would serve out his term. And two, the, his campaign web, website is back up and there's no mention of any any resignation statement. So I think it's fair to say everyone's very confused as to what's going to happen here. It's very bizarre. Yeah, and I should say we're talking on Monday afternoon, so I guess it's possible that by the time this gets to listeners, something could have changed. Uh, But he had been in a race where he was running against one other candidate, Patty Sullivan. Uh, It looked like Peterson was dropping out, so that was going to be an unopposed race. At this point, we don't really know, but like taking a step back, what's at stake with the Portland Public Schools and the school board right now in general? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Portland Public Schools, it's it's the biggest school district in the state. Um, you know, we have declining enrollment, which I think is a huge concern um, for the city right now and, and for parents and for kids. And, uh, you know, our, our test scores, they sort of go up and down a little bit. But I think our recent test scores are a little bit concerning, too. And there's always the issue of, of equity. You know, we know our black and brown kids, um, you know, consistently have lower test scores and lower graduation rates, even if, if they've gotten a lot a little bit better over the years. They still have, you know, lower rates of graduation and lower test scores than their white counterparts. So that's always been an issue. And we also have this issue of certain schools, um, you know, being underfunded and, you know, they just don't have the same resources that our whiter, more affluent schools have. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not specific to to Portland public schools. I mean, that's everywhere, but I think that disparity might be a little bit clearer um, within city bounds. Looking at the other competitive race, though, uh, Multnomah County Commissioner District 3, 
And this is only going to be on the ballot for a certain chunk of people who live in Southeast Portland. Not everybody is going to be seeing this race. And it is to fill the seat that Jessica Vega Peterson vacated because she became county chair last November. Congratulations. Um, you know, I feel like we talk a lot about city council, but I don't think that we talk as much about the county commission, but it's really important, right? It is. And I, I would argue that it's it's almost more important than city council. And I think most of that power rests with the chair. I mean, the chair mm-hmm. has pretty much unilateral decision on what goes into their ginormous budget every year. The, the chair has the majority of control over the Joint Office of Homeless Services, which, of course, is the agency that oversees how we try to combat homelessness and how we try to house people. So the, the chair in particular of the county has just enormous power about mm-hmm. how we sort of shepherd our, our resources. And we've got a lot of resources right now with, you know, a variety of ballot measures that we've passed that have placed taxes on high income earners. And I think our decision. So let me back up a little bit. The the two candidates of note are um, Ana Del Rocio, who is a young, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, woman of color. She's the mother of two. She was the executive director of a nonprofit that trained political candidates of color. Um, She worked for a time as a policy advisor to Chair Peterson when she wasn't chair, um, and then also served for a short time on the David Douglas School Board. Um, And then the other candidate is Julia Brim Edwards, which might actually be a familiar name to some people because she has, I think she's on her third term um, on, uh, at the Portland Public Schools Board. Um, Mm -hmm. She was a Nike executive for many, many years. Uh, Before that, she worked as a staffer in the legislature. Um, So she's been around for a long time. And she's really developed a reputation of she's hard nosed and she, you know, she throws elbows and she makes some enemies. But we also know that she's gotten a lot done. Yeah. Yeah. Brim Edwards is who your paper endorsed. Yes. And I think our decision, the discussion in our newsroom, what it came down to was the board of commissioners itself at the county, we don't think has a lot of power individually. What they do have, though, and, and how we sort of frame this whole thing is they have the ability to influence Chair Peterson. And mm. we think what Chair Vega Peterson right now needs to do in order to regain the trust of, you know, her constituents is to make sure that our tax dollars are spent effectively and transparently. That's been an issue. You know, the Joint Office mm-hmm. of Homeless Services, we don't get a lot of clear data out of that agency as to where our tax dollars are actually going. We don't really yeah. see the effects on the street. And I think, you know, in order for Vega Peterson to really kind of make moves and and sort of repair maybe a little bit the damaged image of her predecessor, um, Deborah mm-hmm. Corey, you know, she she needs to make those changes. She needs to work with the city. She needs to repair that relationship. And she needs to show where our dollars are going. And And when we thought about it, we thought Brim Edwards is financially minded. She's a tough critic. And she has gotten things done. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's take a quick break. When I come back, I want to dig into some of the funding measures that are also on this ballot. Well, there are also two funding measures on the ballot. Um, Let's talk about measure 26-238. I feel like already we might be losing people when we put those numbers out there. (laughs) But uh, it's about funding eviction relief services and legal representation for tenants. How would that work? And, And your paper wasn't super hot on this idea. Why not? 
Yeah, so this is a ballot measure that would place a 0.75% tax on any sales um, of assets like bonds, stocks, businesses, and, and residential homes. And it's slated to raise about 12 to 13 million annually, so quite a bit of money. Um, it would be used to provide legal services for anyone and everyone in Multnomah County facing an eviction. We didn't endorse this measure for a number of reasons. You know, first, we think it was really sloppily written. There are no carve-outs for home sales. And there are a lot of senior, retired, you know, people in Multnomah County who own a home. And if they were to sell that home, they would be subject to this tax. And, you know, there are a lot of homeowners, too, in this city that are low-income earners or on Social Security or are retired or on disability. And this whole tax, why it was passed is it was supposed to target high-income earners. It was supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, target the top 5 1%. But here is this carve-out that wouldn't have been that difficult to right. I mean, it would have been very simple to write, actually, to protect yeah. our low-income earners. It, it wasn't written into that measure. And, you know, the, the measure's proponents say, well, the, the Multnomah County Board of Commissioners, after it's passed, could create those carve-outs. But that's not how a measure is. Yeah, going. that's not how it's supposed to work. Really not how it's supposed to work. Um, and then Willamette Week reporter Nigel Jacobs had reported in April that the city's revenue division estimates that administrative costs of implementing this ballot measure would swallow up over 50% of the tax raise oh, great. recurring annually. The first year, it would supersede that by like $7 million. So administrative costs in the first year estimated by the city are $19 million. Mm-hmm. And so I think that too, it's it's kind of a staggering number. I mean, you never think of administrative costs being more than 5%, 10%. Even 10% feels sort of high for a measure like this. But in this, it's over 50%. It's such interesting context because I think that a lot of people would see this on their ballot and think, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. That seems like something that I want to support. And But like actually getting into it and looking at how it works, I mean, these red flags that you're raising, yeah, I could see why these could all be really big problems. Yeah. And I, you know, I think like everyone acknowledges that evictions are a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of people facing eviction and those people oftentimes don't have the uh, whether it's monetary resources or access to lawyers. But we also know that, you know, Multnomah County does have a program in place and it's not that it covers every single person facing eviction. But we do have a program in place that has provided legal services to people facing eviction. And mm-hmm. you know, we've got a whole lot of money right now from the supportive housing services measure. I think this year it's 250 million, maybe more. You know, if we just put five more million towards our eviction prevention program, we could do mm-hmm. what the tax did with significantly probably less administrative costs. You're just fixing problems, Sophie, left and right. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> but thank you for giving me that credit. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, One last thing on this ballot that people might want to know about. Measure 26240, renewing the Portland Children's Levy. What does that do? And how's it been working? It's this one. It's I think we've had it for it's a five year, five year program. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's seen as a really great funding mechanism. I mean, there was when we first passed it in 2002, I think Willamette Week, actually, I was just looking back at. Um, our endorsement, we had expressed some skepticism about it. Yeah, yeah. But but fast forward 20 years, and I think it is, it's sort of a humdinger. 
I mean, it is it is administrated really well. It works really well. We see the effects of it. Um, you know, in its last five years, it funded 91 different programs, including, you know, programs that went towards combating child hunger, abuse prevention, child care, mentoring for children and, and foster care. So these are all, I think, things that that Portlanders are on board with. We've had this for 20 years now, and it's just worked. It's like by far our most functional you know, ballot measure. So mm-hmm. I think it'll pass with flying colors. Last time it passed with 83% of the vote, and I don't really see that changing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sophie, uh, thank you so much. This yeah. is really helpful. Thanks, John. And everybody, get your ballots in by next Tuesday, the 16th. Get them in the mail, drop them in a box. We'll have some info in the show notes about how you can do that. And now for your microdose of news. Multnomah County has a late ambulance problem. In the span of six months, nearly a third of ambulances sent on life-threatening calls in urban areas failed to arrive within eight minutes. That's what they consider on time. The county and the ambulance contractor AMR say that they're short-staffed, but they're working to fix the problem. And Beaverton schools could cut 90 positions, including 24 teachers, in the next proposed budget. Officials say the cuts are due to enrollment declines. The next meeting on the budget will be a week from today, May 17th. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend about it or leave us a rating or a review. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs>